Welcome everyone to Beauty and Business this week and uh, I've got Toby with me once again. Hi Toby. Hi. Um. And today we wanted to talk about a very important issue which is about the evolution of the beauty industry and really how since we've, we were in business probably eight years ago now Toby, um, the beauty industry has evolved exponentially. It really has. It's changed so, so much and, 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 and again if I think back to you know, when I first started over 30 years ago, I can't even begin to share with everyone what I've seen and, and how it's changed. Um, you, you'd agree with me? Sure, yeah. I don't have the, the, same, um, the, the same amount of years of experience as you have in the industry, but even since I've been in it, yeah, certainly it's changed. And, you know, once upon a time, you know, a woman would never consider going anywhere but to a beauty therapist to have a, for or an esthetician uh, to have a, a manicure or a pedicure and uh, uh, now that's completely changed you know woman that was really like the exclusive these were exclusive services to the beauty industry and um, and, and again you know IPL when IPL came out that was just so important that the training was really extensive and and again once again here we are we've got IPL with you know coupons and groupons and deals and uh, anyone can practically buy a machine in some states and some countries and be able to perform these services. So again, the, the beauty salon owner is finding herself or himself in a situation where they're up against that, that whole discounting and, uh, and so on. And, and even now we're seeing, um, much to my dismay, the uh, whole microblading and tattooing situation where people are putting these kinds of services that were once extremely exclusive specialty services that were reserved uh, purely for those that really needed them and they were appropriately um, serviced out uh, to the consumer, to the clients, um, now on Groupons and deal, deals and, uh, and, and so on. So how does the the, the salon owner wanting to grow her business despite all of this, how does she, despite it, actually grow and expand her business? I think that there's, there's, there's several ways to do that, but I think the, the first core um, element is that she needs to, one, continue to learn and grow um, and understand what what it means to be in business um, and when I say that I mean that most of the time what happens is that people believe that because they have the technical skill to be able to do the work that's required in a business they assume that they have the technical skill to be able to run a business that does that technical work uh, and that's and that's just not true uh, knowing how to be an esthetician or how to be um, a, a beautician or beauty therapist does not equate to knowing how to run a, a beauty business. And there's, there's, I think that that's so true and I can even attest to that myself because when I first started over 30 years ago I stepped in and I was the technician, I was the behind the chair, I uh, performed all of the treatments until I started to expand and brought in my team. But that was, even then, that was my role. I was a technician for decades. And uh, that um, didn't mean that I was able, you know, uh, to run 
that I was a business owner and I knew how to run the business, I had to learn that and I had to step outside of my comfort zone because I felt quite comfortable as a technician, even though I knew I had so much more potential. Uh, And therefore, in that, I just started reaching out and really starting to look at how do I manage this? Because what happens is, unfortunately, we we are sort of like uh, overwhelmed with mental stress because really, to be quite honest, we don't have the skill set and we don't have the knowledge. And I, I guess that's what you're saying. So you're saying that to be able to succeed in the as the beauty industry is evolving, we need to evolve as well. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, definitely. And and that if if we want to run a successful business, we need to have the knowledge on on business itself, and that uh, and a large amount of that knowledge is independent of whether the business itself is a a beauty salon, an accounting practice, a um, a retail store, a, you know, whatever it is. There's there's certain core elements of uh, that need to be understood about business itself that is really going to help. Now, in terms of how that relates to the marketplace, for example, um, that's when we can bring in, which I think we may have discussed in the past, but the importance of differentiation and the importance of developing and being really clear on what our unique selling proposition is. Uh, And what that means is that it's just, it's essentially an answer to the question why would I, as a prospect of yours, come to your business rather than any other in the marketplace? Why would I do that? And the answer to that question, the meaningful answer to that question, uh, forms what your unique selling proposition is in the marketplace. And, you know, unless you've actually sat down and really considered that, it's you really are just treading water aren't you it's it's such an important question and a lot of the time when we step in to these to our business we're so excited we're so passionate and we want to give so much and again we don't we don't reflect enough on on this and i think what i'm hearing you say is to actually survive uh, with all of the the competition and all of the um the discounting and what's actually occurring because that we can't control. We cannot control the world, right? That's a hard one to take on. But (laughs) I know that many of us wish that we could, but, you know, it's obviously we can't. So go ahead. So when, like, if we look at discounting, you've just mentioned discounting, for example. And if we think, well, well, discounting, people want cheaper things if... um, their options are are the same. So, for example, if I was going to buy a Hyundai and I looked at uh, three different car sellers and and one of them was two-thirds of the price of the other two, I would prefer to go to that because I would rather the cheaper option. However, it's not just about um, wanting the cheaper option. The only reason I want that is because there's a lack of differentiation. The three Hyundai cars are identical. If I then think, to, would I rather have the Hyundai or a Mercedes or a BMW or something like that, straight away, now we've got differentiation. I don't just want the cheaper of the two. And if I did, if, every, if everyone did just want the cheaper of the two, then only the cheapest of everything would be in business. But there's many, many 
high-end products. There's many pricing strategies in every industry, including the beauty industry. There's, there's a whole science behind pricing and the psychology of it, but it all feeds back down uh, into why would I come to your business rather than any other in the marketplace? Now, if the answer to that is because I'm cheaper, that's a really bad answer unless you are in a situation of a huge, like Ikea, for example. They're able to be cheaper and have that as a, a differentiation or some stores that sell alcohol, for, uh, for example. I know in Australia we have uh, Dan Murphy's and they're able to offer that, that price-based offering because the entire structure and scope of the business and the size of it and the depth of their pockets allows them to buy at prices that no one else in the industry is able to compete with. So that becomes a meaningful differentiation because they've got an entire structure and reasoning as to why they can deliver that and no one else can come near them in competing with that same unique selling proposition. So you're, what I'm hearing you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that's their strategy. Exactly right. So therefore, they don't like feel... If, if you look at, let's just look at the unique selling proposition of Dan Murphy's, it's the biggest range at the lowest prices. Well, they can offer that, but most people listening to this couldn't offer that. So when they think about that, then and competing on price is in direct opposition to the very reason that you're in business. The reason you're in business is to make money, so lowering your prices and your margins and everything else is in direct opposition to that unless it can cause you to, uh, uh, unless you've got some very real reason as to why you can do that and other people can't. So unless it's your strategy, it's going to make you unhappy and poor. <laughs> yes, and and it's a bad strategy if you can't actually deliver on that in a way that your competitors can't. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think that um, a lot of the time when uh, we look outside at uh, our industry and we begin to make decisions based on uh, something that, that really doesn't fulfil us, like we, we're afraid and so we're thinking, oh, well, you know, if the someone down the road is, is doing that, I better do it too. Um, you know, that, that's a really bad move. It's a really bad decision to make in business because ultimately, you know how I always want everyone to be happy. and <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I understand the value of that. You know, we work better, we're more productive, we, we have better relationships. I mean, why wouldn't we want to be happy? It's a choice after all. Uh, we, we can't be happy when we're actually, uh, you know, going against what we really deep inside know that our value is. And we've had great webinars about this where we've spoken about this in length. Yeah, however, like in and of itself, great value isn't enough. That great value needs to be effectively communicated, not only to the marketplace, but also to your clients. And that, that communication needs to affect the mind of your prospect or clients. It needs to be absorbed. Differentiation happens in the mind of your prospect or customer. It doesn't happen within your salon. So the, the value that you offer really just as important as uh, the value is, is how that is carried out and communicated and the meaning of that transferred from your business 
into the marketplace and, and that's, to the customers. that to me sounds like what you're speaking about is the message. Yes, completely. And all of the communication means how, how you would um, uh, potentially answer the phone, how you would rebook a client, how you would um, upsell a client to a new service that they haven't tried, uh, how you would um, on-sell a client to some retail products in your store, how you would introduce a client to a new staff member that you had, how you would communicate to a prospective staff member who's coming in and wants an interview to start to work in your salon. How do you communicate and, and relay the value and the differentiation of your, of your salon, of your business, to that person. That's like a first a starting feeding point. So it's not just a message, it's like the saturation of the, the principles and the entire communication that occurs within the business and outside the business to all of the entities that it interacts with. And I, oh, that's just, that sounds so fantastic. It sounds exciting. It's almost like, you know... You, it is very exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, it's, it's really strategizing and, uh, and rather than just doing, 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 doing and not really sitting down and creating that strategy. And there is an actual book called uh, Differentiate or Die. Now, who, who wrote that, Toby? You'll remember that. What's his name? Jack... Uh, Jack Trouse or... Uh, I can't remember. Really? That, perhaps we can put a link down below to yeah, it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and uh, and and I know that that uh, that book really. I know that you really thought that was a fantastic book. And I mean, the title yeah, is. Many, yeah. You know that title is so you know impactful. Differentiate or die. And I think that there's something uh, really really meaningful about that. So, is there anything else that you can share with us uh, when it comes to differentiation? What like what you think would be something that everyone could take away today and start to look at within their own business practically? Well, let's draw on an idea from, um, I think, the same author, in fact, in the, the book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And one of the principles in there is the idea that it's better to be first than to be better. Um, and I won't go into the sort of case studies that go to back up, you know, why that is. But one potential way of thinking through um, your, your, your point of differentiation is to consider, well, what am I able to be um, first at? What can I be first in my area or in the marketplace at offering um, and then build a, a meaningful differentiation on that? And if you come up with something that you really like the idea of, but you can't be first in it, then you can consider, is it possible to create a category within that that I can be first in? So, for example, you might have who was the, the first um, man to swim the English Channel? Well, that may have already been taken. But then what if there was a category, who was the first woman? Well, that's another sub subcategory. What if it was who was the first, um, the first person to swim, sw swim the English Channel wearing um, uh, platform women's shoes? Well, that's another <laughs> category. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. But the idea is to stimulate the thought that in any area, there are always 
um, opportunities for potential breakdown of categories, which means it's a higher level of specialization. So if I go to a GP, if I go to a doctor, okay, well, I could go to a doctor, but, but then what if I was to go to a surgeon? Well, okay, they, they specialize in a particular area of, of medicine. Okay, well, what's a subcategory? Well, what if I was to go to an orthopedic surgeon? Okay, well, that's another subcategory again. Well, what if I was to go to a, an orthopedic surgeon who was an upper limb specialist? Well, that's another subcategory again. So the way that we, in which we specialise can be a way in which you can think through building out your differentiation. And I think that that's, that's really great for the girls to actually sit and take a look at their service menu, look at really what it is that they're offering. And, and I know that um, in, in my experience personally, I know that eyebrows were you know, natural brow restoration, which I actually created um, the, the actual system for that. That became really our differentiation. And then also we had these like sub-differentiations that became all in and of themselves, which were the teenage girls in our salon and the mothers bringing in their daughters and really through the, all the private schools, the girls just coming in. And that really differentiated us. We were taking care of a, a certain section uh, of the population, to, you know, in our area, but um, you know there are well, so now. Now I guess that that we offer that di differentiation to the industry through all of our licensees and salons, and they're all differentiating through that. Well, I think that extension. the reason that we did that is because we just saw the power of differentiation for yeah, us it was and done what it really, yeah, uh, it was amazing. But you know there are very many. Uh, there are lots of ways. They're not. It's not just with brows. It's there's so many ways to differentiate. And I find that unfortunately in the industry, what happens is when something comes in that's new, everyone seems to do it. It doesn't take long. And I think that um, one way that we've actually really taken care of that is through selecting our salons and, and opening up areas uh, and, and not flooding the market, which I think is really beautiful. But in so many other areas, this happens. And, and then what, what occurs is, you know, something that was once a very exclusive specialty service uh, now is, you know, everyone's training in it, everyone's doing it, and all of a sudden... Um, it, it, it's complex. Yeah, I, th I think I think there's I think it's meaningful as well to to consider um, your level of passion in relation to what your differentiation, what what you're choosing it to be, because. Like, for example, you know, I think about the people who qualify to come on board with our training programs and business building programs and, and everything else. And one thing is that um, one sort of requirement that we have is that they have to be passionate about brows. Like, like it has to be a love. They have to love uh, great design in whatever form it comes in, whether that be in architecture or in the automotive industry or in fashion or in whatever it is. Design uh, is something, and the freehand design of eyebrows and the, um, the sort of effort and commitment that it takes to really master that skill. You need the passion, and then that passion comes through in all of your communications about whatever your, your differentiation is because it comes through in your finer, in the tone of voice that you have when you're communicating to your client about it. It comes through in the words that you use when you're um, writing up something on your service menu. Whatever it is, in all of those finer parts, if, 
in your heart you're really in it that's just felt and it's seen by the marketplace and by your clients and i think i'll go one step further and i think that uh, what i've seen is that uh, that that what we're attracting it seems is business owners with a real love for natural beauty like they really love beauty. I mean, they're in the right industry <laughs> to begin with, and uh, and that uh, they can really see the value of differentiation. And you know, I, I'm I'm stunned by what we're what we're doing. And uh, and uh, for me, I, you know, very um, rarely do we actually speak about this in, in beauty and business. But it seems that we've gone in that direction today, uh, not meaningfully, but it just seems to have happened. And and I think that there's something. Uh, fabulous and as I said before it doesn't have to be brows it could be anything but what you're sharing is that uh, to be really passionate I know a lot of of beauty um, professionals are extremely passionate about skin and uh, and therefore finding that differentiation within that for themselves is Mm. is really relevant. I think a a key word is loving beauty we really do attract that and the word sort of natural beauty forms a part of that and um, what stuns me is how uh, often it can be seen in the beauty industry uh, things being done that are certainly not beautiful. And you know, I know that it's sort of it's seen in when, for example, maybe plastic surgery goes too far or something like that, or um, a whole range of things. You know, no need to sort of go into them all, but the end goal being beauty. Like, what is beauty? Is beauty necessarily youth with um, that's a youthful appearance that's caused by a, a mild distortion of facial features or something? Is is that really beautiful? Like, what is beauty? And and I think I think seeing beauty in things everywhere. Uh, in different design, what I would call design, great design, whether it be graphic design or whatever industry it is, um, is a great starting point. You sort of, when you see something that's really beautiful, it's almost like your heart opens and and you flow into it in your own mind. You sort of, you see it and it's like, oh, that's just, it's, it's just beautiful. So the beauty industry, I think, really needs to continue to um, focus on that and really develop all of the aspects of treatments and everything so that is maintained as as the end goal and and it doesn't get overridden by well maybe I can make more profits if I do this um, yeah I, you know I, I think that that definitely uh, is uh, is is a key and uh, and and when when profits override what's actually true, uh, we never ever really find true fulfilment in our own hearts. So, you know, I think that uh, we can almost wrap this up on that note and, uh, and really just extend out to everyone how important it is to, to really look at what moves you, what touches you the most, what is the most meaningful to you. And again, what makes you happy when you extend it, really look at that. And in that, you will start to actually be able to find your own differentiation uh, within within your business. So thank you for being with us. And we hope that today has uh, given you something to uh, reflect upon and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week, everyone. Thanks, Toby. Thank you, Al.